Hi, this is Michelle Faust with Lemonade Legend. We amplify the voice of people who have great lemon to lemonade stories. We connect them with their stories and their stories to the world. And today I have with me a very special guest, Nikki Schroeder. And she's here. Um, can we just talk about something a little bit different? We haven't done a, um, a podcast with a, an amazing millennial. And not that that's what makes Nikki Nikki, but the, the point is that I think that millennials face kind of a different view of the world. Their lemons are a little bit different as are their lemonade. And I know that certainly uh, in your case, you didn't have the uh, tragedy and drama that some of my guests have had, but um, your generation does face a certain um, element, you know, of, of just being in that generation. So before we start that discussion, though, if you would be so kind as to just give us a little background on you. Yeah, so uh, great intro. Thank you. My name is Nikki Schroeder. Um, I'm a mom of two cute kids. My daughter's almost four. My son is about a year and a half. And I own an online digital business. I am a six-figure entrepreneur at the age of 25, and so I'm super excited to jump into that space. I mean, really, that to me is like my full identity. I totally like accept and take in the millennial vibe, like when people are like, oh, millennial, and I'm like, yes, I totally am, so I can't wait to like jump into all of that. Well, I have a special fondness for millennials. Could you guys bring something to the table that, you know, me and my generation, and even the generation in between, um, uh, really don't have the expertise in. Um, and that's why I bring um, a lot of young people on board with my team, uh, just to have that expertise. So um, let's start with um, some of your lemon. Um, what would you say primarily uh, were the lemons in your life? So starting like from the very beginning, I guess, as a young child, I feel like I had a lot more people to learn hard lessons from in my life than I did role models, if that makes sense. Like, I had a lot of people that I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that isn't like a good boat to go down, right? So I have always, from a young kid, been in every sport, every club, every, anything I could do. I volunteered, like, Anything I could try to see, like, where my space was, I wanted to do that right away. So maybe some of those times being a young child where I was like, wow, why is this happening to me? That I would say my lemons. But it also kept me from maybe not wanting to spend as much time at home, right? I was in all the after-school clubs. I was always at sports. I was always doing something. And it gave me so many different, um, I don't know, like, things to learn or different passions that... I mean, for example, I took six years of Spanish in high school, like all through elementary school. Like my very first Spanish class I took, I was like in the third grade. And I stayed a couple hours after school and did summer school and all of that kind of stuff. So, so, so and I hear this a, a lot from, um, again, I hate to make this such a generational thing, but yeah. I do hear that a lot about not having really positive role models and your way of, of, of learning and growing and becoming um, a successful young woman came more from learning what not to do. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? Everything's a lesson or like either a good lesson or a bad lesson, one of those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so then that kind of led me into trying some new things in high school. Um, I have never been good at art, like drawing and painting. I love it. I love to look at it. I am so, that is not my wheelhouse, right? So instead I took um, a videography class in high school and that choice really changed like my, like my whole aspect of what I was doing. At the time I had been studying pre-lives and speech and debate. Um, I was a volunteer in advocacy at Arizona State University. And you have to think I was like 15 at this time, right? So from that class, I was offered, before I was 18, I was offered an editorial job working for Congress and Matt Salmon. Um, I worked for Channel 99, which is the local education channel here in Phoenix. Um, I did like video editing for them and it kind of grew from my love of media. At the age of 17, when I graduated high school, I had an internship for NBC News. A long story short, Christmas came around. One of the editors quit. He's like, you guys always make me work on Christmas. I don't want to do this. And they were like, you, intern, come over here and work on Christmas. We'll pay you. And that's how I started working for NBC. So me not being good at drawing, which sounds so silly, right? Like, that's one of my lemons. But that's really something that, like, opened so many doors to me. Me ended up taking just a video class in high school. Ended up with me being not even 18, working for NBC News. Um, so that's, like, that's one of my favorite lemon stories. This is just a random sequence of events of things that I didn't even think was, like, what I wanted to do. But it led me to this amazing opportunity. Well, you were um, definitely the go-getter <laughs> at a young age. Sometimes I kind of see um, people either falling in, 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 in one place or another, and that's either you guys are just going after it all, or you're sitting back playing video games. <laughs> you know, funny, Where's the in-between? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I was saying about that. Um, so millennial, there are two kind of millennials, right? Either we want every single thing handed to us in the palm of our hand on our cell phone, or we know that every single thing that there is to learn, every single thing that there is like in the world is in the palm of our hands in our cell phone, right? So you either can take those two things. I can either learn it all and like escalate super quickly, or I can just like want everything in the palm of my hand, right? Video games or whatever, YouTube. That, I, I think that's a really amazing statement to make because if you think about it, what you're saying is that through the internet, the internet gives us the entire world and that entire world sits in the palm of our hand. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. But, you know, and that's a great thing. It, 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 again, if you're using it in that manner, where it's constructive, um, you know, then you can become such a learned, uh, educated, um, accomplished person. Um, so that's great. But let's, let's go to, you are highly educated. You had intended on going to law school. Yeah. Um, comes with a lot of debt. <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. That's my show notes. Debt. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I would love to. So, um, I finished working for NBC, long story short, their internship was amazing. I worked with them for a little while. It was actually in Montana. I am a huge city person. I say that so proudly. I am from 
the valley of the sun, right? Like negative 40 degrees, super cold, snowy weather with not a lot of city stuff. It didn't work out for me. <laughs> I had to come back to the valley. So I went back to my roots of what I loved because what I love about law, there's two different parts. I wanted to do like business consulting um, as a lawyer, you know, like this is the LLC, this is the process of getting your contracts together, like anything like that. And then I also am really like passionate about child advocacy. It's really hard for children with no money, maybe not stable parents to find legal representation in times that they need. So that's like part of my, my passion. So I wanted to go down this route of going to law school. I went to Arizona State. Um, I, I seriously think I'm not even one semester short from having my bachelor's degree in business law. I've always loved business. Um, but here I am, I'm 20 years old. I'm mentally sitting in the bank, getting ready to apply for a hundred thousand dollars. Right. I also had just had my baby. And on top of that, I didn't know if what I wanted to do in law was what I wanted to do forever. I had already been working for a law firm at that point, like all through my entire pregnancy up until the day I like my water broke, right? I worked at a law firm. I worked 60 hours a week. It was a lot of paper, a lot of reading, not a lot of like making an impact, right? And that, I, as an intern, I understand that's probably not what I was going to be doing anyways, but still, I just, I didn't know if it's what I wanted to do forever because there's other programs like CASA is a big one here in the Valley where you could help on child advocacy and things like that. So here I am, I'm like, okay, $100,000, new baby, got to pay for school, got to do this, got to work 70 hours a week. I'm like, okay, there's only like, there's only so much, right? And so I was like, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to make more money so that I, this is like an impossible statement, right? I have to figure out how I can make more money with less time because I need to spend more time with my baby and I need to have more time for school, especially if you're going to go to law school, right? You, that's a full-time job on its own. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? So I started looking online, right? I found online jobs. I was writing. I had some video editing skills. So that was really popular, right? I'm talking about two or three years ago. So everyone wanted a podcast, a YouTube channel like Facebook lives. What do you do afterwards? Like all that kind of stuff. So I found a couple of women in some of the local like Facebook groups that were interested in either trying to launch a, like a podcast or a YouTube channel or something like that. And I did some editing for them. And because that is a skill that is expensive to someone else, I could cut, like I could cut a video business or like a, a media business. I could cut the price in half but still make more than $12 an hour, $15 an hour, which doesn't pay for daycare. And I got to do it on my computer at home with my baby in my lap, right? So I was like, yes, I am winning. Like, this is amazing. And then people would be like, you know, okay, I posted my YouTube channel. I'm not getting a lot of views, right? Oh, well, you need to put it on your blog. And they'd be like, oh, I don't even know what a blog is. Okay, well, let me make you a blog post and I'll show you oh, let me help you with your website because your website doesn't even have a place for a blog. Let me do this. You don't have a call to action in your video. Let me make you a button. Let me do this, right? So then my, my video editing skills became a little bit more like business, virtual assistant helping kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And so with my degree in business, I had worked for a law firm 
And we had done a lot of like consulting for other law firms around us. And then that basic skill, I really, I launched Fempire. I was like, you know what? I was like, I know that I can take small to medium sized businesses and grow their business. Um, and I am pretty open about like money and what it takes to make money online and all of those kinds of things. So really I told myself like, if you, not that this was my goal, but I was like, even if I had like 10 clients that paid me $200 a month for video editing and like full service for social media, I was like, that is more money that I made working 70 hours a week at a law firm and I am at home with my baby. I was like, wow, okay, I'm on to something, right? So then I basically, I just, I never looked back. Um, I continued to grow. Now I, I barter services with lawyers, photographers, real estate agents, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and so to me, I'm like, that is my ultimate lemonade, right? Like that struggle of like, how do I make more money with not spending less time, right? Because you're like, well, I can always get 17 jobs and make more money, but that doesn't help if you have a new baby at home. So yeah, I just, I mean, to me, I think it's like, it's still a miracle, right? To me, I'm just like, it's so surreal sometimes. I'm like, oh, I can't believe that this is like what you get to do in the millennial space or that this is reality. I've had clients in Australia. I, most of my clients don't live in Arizona. Like I would say I have two clients here and the rest of them are somewhere else. UK, like all over the United States, every people in Canada, like it's just the whole world in the palm of your hand, like right all the way back to <laughs> the circle. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I uh, came to mind as you were, we were talking, you're kind of, you're a bit of a right brain, left brain person, I'm thinking, because you certainly seem to have a creative <laughs> side to you, but yeah. you're very business oriented. And the person, you know, the side of you that wanted to pursue law, definitely. Um, but uh, it sounds like you, you really did create that lemonade story because you had a problem, you had an issue, you are working too many hours, you had too much debt, you had a baby, um, you know. $100,000 at 20. I'm like, I don't even know what credit is at 20, right? Like, how do you even obtain that much money to go to law school? Well, and I also think, too, when, when, when you talk about the different generations, you know, um, so many of us, you know, past a certain age grew up with, Seeing our parents working hard, working in a very traditional um, eight to five type of a situation. So, I mean, that was our pattern. That was our role model. And so I think it's very hard for some of us to look at somebody who's working at home with their baby on their lap and making all mm -hmm. kinds of money. And it's kind of like, I mean, that's a great thing, but I think some of us look at that and go, oh, they're not working. How can they be making money? That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> look, my, my, my mom is my ultimate role model, right? She had, like, a troubled childhood. She worked really, really hard to pay for college. She did the whole thing, right? She was a single mom at one point. She had two kids. Like, now she has um, – she's in the medical field, right? So she does the 12-hour days for a few days a week, the whole perfect thing. She still comes to me and she's like, I'm so proud of you. What's your 401k plan? I'm like, I don't know, cause I have my own business. I haven't got that far yet. I barely even know how to do my own taxes, <laughs> you know? So there's definitely struggles that are important that come from that traditional thing that millennials have to learn. Um, 
especially like health insurance, like 401ks are the big one. Um, I'm currently in the process of trying to buy a house and you should see people when I try to show them PayPal statements that are large, but they don't know what to do with it because it's from PayPal or Venmo or whatever else, right? So there's like this gap. We got to get there and it's not like, it hasn't become popular yet, but yeah. I don't know. There's all those traditional aspects trying to mix with like the new digital age and we're like clashing heads a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it sounds kind of like you have your, your foot in both, both, both traditional kinds of, of worlds and you know, you're, you're married to your high school sweetheart, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you know, so yeah. So I'm assuming you're probably um, a bit young, but you know, and had kids and you know, um, so that's a little more on the traditional side, trying yeah. to buy the house and have the, you know, the dream and all of that. Yeah. But, um, which is great, but I'm fascinated at how, um, how so many people make that work. And, you know, that, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm learning it, you know, way after having spent 20 years in a corporate world. And, and um, it's, it's confusing and it's um, mind boggling, but it's energizing to me too, because I feel like I learn something every day. But if I didn't have people like you, you know, on my team, I would be light years further back. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I, it sounds so natural. Well, part of it too is like when I was in elementary school, they introduced Mac. So this is something about millennials that I think is really interesting. I don't mm -hmm. know who like curated this plan, but there were only Macs in my elementary school. I have never in my life used a Windows computer. They were in my high school. I own an iPhone. I only own Mac products. So when someone went, so this is a funny thing. When I go to interview at like different kinds of corporate jobs. Like I've done different sales positions and things like that. And they have windows computers and I don't know how to use them. They are like, I'm so surprised you don't have to use computers. Like, no, I've never used yeah. this type of computer, you know? So yeah. there's definitely like these, these quirks, but like you, like we were talking about, we can honestly learn anything like super fast on the computer. But I, don't know. I just, I think it's amazing how, how different, it is. Well, yeah, it is. And um, anyway, when you said you weren't sure who cur curated that, I'm pretty sure I, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was like, 25 years down the road, they're not even going to know how to use it. This is all going to pay off. Every yeah. single school, everywhere. But, I mean, that person, very, very smart. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, that's real life skills you're being taught, too. Um, which is fantastic because I think that sometimes um, there's some struggle with, you know, the education system. Are they really learning things that they're going to apply to, yeah. to real life? Um, but you also bring to mind, I have a um, young woman who uh, helps me with my administrative side because I don't excel in that area, not my strength. And so she comes over and we laugh at each other all the time because I'm like, you can do that. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, I mean, so, like, like, it's like, why would you even ask that? And I'm like, I've never seen that before. Um, and by the same token, I, you know, I'm still old school. So I, I learned certain systems. So I'm doing things on Outlook and she's like, 
okay, give me a minute. I don't usually work out like, but I can figure it out. You know, and she does, she can. Yeah. She's like that, that's not my go-to, but just give me a minute and I, I get it figured out. And I'm just like, wow. So I'm constantly impressed. And, um, and I think it's just so great. And I, I, I really support the idea of uh, the different generation bringing their strength together and blending them because that there's a lot we have to offer having been in business for years and years and years um so i'm i'm like an advocate skills, of that. yes i agree like all of my mentors any business coach anyone that i like look up to is way older right like i'm not in a space of like learning from a 21 year old because i need that text like i have the tech side but i need like the years of experience you guys have user experience um like the personability because something about the online space is you have to make someone feel like your friends or that you'll, you have their like best interests at heart or all those kinds of things that is very not like, not very popular on social media, right? Like you're like, oh, I see pictures of her kids, but do I trust her remodeling my kitchen? You know, like, so you guys having that true, like even I call it like grassroots marketing, like door to door, kind of connection I think is something that we can absolutely learn from. Yeah, something I learned a long time ago is, uh, you know, within marketing and just business and sales, if people buy from those they like and trust, and it's hard to build that relationship where they do like and trust you if, uh, Off of a if you're not face-to-face or if you're not, you know, if they don't really know you, you're just this, this name or this maybe this video that's that's on social media. Yeah. Uh, so it, there has to be a way. I think that's the key is finding that way to come come through on social media um, so that people do feel like they're getting to know you. And I, it, it, one of the things that I do with Lemonade Legend is, you know, I help people, you know, connect to their story. And it's not always just a personal story. Sometimes it can be a business story. How do you storytell your business and what you do, because that I think is what brings people in. So then they start to understand and start to want to uh, get to know more about you and what do you do. So I think, yeah, so that's one of the ways I think marketing is coming around is that, you know, we have to look at a different way to get people to know you. Yeah, totally. Those core concepts, like in an email, it's really hard. So hard, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I, I got to tell you, there are some people that when I text message them, we sound like we're mad at each other. <laughs> and, you know, and I go, we got to get on the phone because this is just not going well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, I think some of the sales funnels and things that people are trying to do online, um, like I bet as a millennial, I use the internet much different than like my mom, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, if I am looking for something inspirational, an outfit, dinner, whatever, I go to an like a social media search engine. Like I'm not gonna go to Google and be like, find me a cute outfit, right? Like you go to Pinterest. Right. And from Pinterest, you have a reverse search of where they got their shirt who's wearing it, right? You have all the celebrities. Like, that's how I shop. Yeah. If I'm looking for something local, you can literally hashtag, like, AZ shop small. There's so much stuff to buy, 
right? So I, don't, I think just teaching everyone how to use that because you see on Facebook a lot, like, you know, who, what are you guys selling for Christmas? You know, I need some stocking stuffers. I want to support local businesses. Well, instead of waiting or only 1% of people seeing it because of an algorithm, if you hashtag it on Instagram, you've literally just introduced yourself to thousands of people who are trying to promote themselves on social media, right? So that whole like full circle thing is totally like how we can help each other and just another yeah. way to like grow, you know, like support small businesses and all of the stuff that make us women, I, women business owners support, right? I'm really glad to hear that, uh, that you really support the local businesses because you know, that's what makes different communities unique. Uh, I travel and sometimes when I've spent thousands of dollars to go somewhere, I feel like I'm still here because there's the McDonald's and there's the Walmart. And, there's <laughs> the <laughs> and I'm like, well, I didn't need to leave home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I think, yeah, so it's the restaurants and the boutiques and, you know, all the unique places that really define, you know, um, it, you know how is the city or town different? And, you know, we need to support people who put themselves out there in an entrepreneurial way and take a risk. And um, so, and, and I'm sorry, Starbucks, but if I can find a local coffee shop, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, really in the marketing world, it has become like very apparent to the big name stores. A couple of them have closed recently, you know, like mm -hmm. if you are a local boutique who has a very good Instagram strategy. I see you on my Facebook. You can entertain me like from a, a casual perspective to going out to like something dressy, you know, all those different things. Maybe you have stuff for my kids that match me. It is more fun for me to go there and support you than it is some of these other stores and the other stores know it, right? Yeah. Because now we're, we're in a space where like 10 years ago, you had to have money for magazine prints. You had to have commercial space, radio space. You don't have to do that anymore. You yeah. can be in front of 10,000 people just from talking to people in your community, going to it. Like, and if, if you're thinking about starting a small business, like it's just social proof, right? That's all that Facebook or Instagram is. It's like, look at all these people that love my stuff. If you've ever been to a clothing store in the mall and you're like, wow, this is really expensive and probably just as good material, why wouldn't you support the small local business? You know, like there's these kinds of things that really intertwine like between both. You make some really good points there. And I know something that I struggle with, I'm learning to do this better, but I'm sure a lot of people struggle with it is that blending of, yes, I am in business. I'm in business to make money, but we need to be friendly and outgoing and fun and engaging and, you know, the whole attraction marketing thing. And yeah. I spent so many years being so business minded that it's kind of hard to go to that space. Mm -hmm. And then, and then my mind is telling me, but I want to talk about my business. I want to talk about, you know, what I'm doing. And, and it's so different anymore. I mean, that's just not the way to do it. Yeah. How, how can you're you teaching us how? What is your footprint in your what is what is it called like a global footprint? Like how much carbon monoxide do you give off in your whatever? I don't know whatever. Like are your are the straws in your cafe? Do you have metal straws? Do you have because and that's very popular in Scottsdale. 
right? Do you yep. serve straws in your business? I don't support businesses that serve straws. I want, I don't like, um, bamboo straws or whatever the like new paper ones are that fall up. I don't like those ones. So I also don't want to go there. I want something in the middle, no straws, metal straws. Like it's become so competitive and so local <laughs> that there's really a niche for everything. Some people are like, look, I'll recycle. I just want my plastic straw, <laughs> right? I just want the normal straw. <laughs> Please start making your get a glasses with straws, <laughs> right? I don't know. I think all of those things, like there's just, there's so many avenues and so many like ways to look at business now because of social media. And um, I know clothing boutiques that will say like 10% of like local ones that say 10% of all of our sales go to our animal shelters. Mm -hmm. One statement like that, one Facebook ad, one something, you better believe that a lot of people support that. Yeah, mm -hmm. your generation is, is is really running that movement of, of giving back, and I love that. Yeah. Um, and if if you're not donating a portion of your profits to to some charity or putting your time out there or whatever, then you're missing the boat. Um, because I do think people actually look for that, and that becomes one of those deal breakers almost. Mm -hmm. yeah, like you know. Um, but uh, I, I, in fact, I was reading, um, you were talking about shopping Pinterest and what celebrities are wearing what and this and that. And I was reading an article um, in Green Living Magazine and it's a group of young women who are making a business out of um, recycled clothing wow. in the name of saving the planet because if you're recycling a clothing, if you're wearing used clothing, that's less clothes that are being, you know, manufactured, less materials going into the, um, mm. yeah, the uh, dumps and whatnot. And anyway, and they all look fabulous. They had like these four women on a, uh, the cover that, you know, well, dressed to them. They looked like they were dressed to the nines, or maybe not to the nines, but they, they were dressed to their personality. Yeah. And they looked great. And I love that idea that uh, why are we trying to buy the most expensive and most outlandish, you know, shoes and purses? And, ah, but you know, in, yeah. I, on that topic, I recently read something crazy. Like the 99 cent flip flops that you buy from Walmart or whatever majors from a major store is they don't like fully like they're not biodegradable for 15 years. A flip-flop will last in like a garbage area for 15 years. Yeah. That yeah. is insane. It's insane. It is. It is. And there's, there's so many products that are out there that don't decompose for years and years and years and years, you know, like decades. And yeah. um, it's, you know, with, with the talent the technology, the abilities that we have, I can't believe that we're still making things yeah, <laughs> that are going to yeah. take decades. You know, I'm going to die before that, you know, thing <laughs> completely decomposes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk a little bit about um, is, so it, it's a great time to be living in this world and to be young, and it's also kind of a difficult time too. Um, so what would you tell, uh, 
I don't know. They wouldn't still be millennials. What's behind you? Gen Z. Okay, there you go. Gen yeah. Z. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit to that of some of the advice that you would give. I mean, because you're successful, you figured it out. Um, what would you tell them? I think that there is a lot of noise and I wanted so badly at 18 to have my life together, right? I had had enough money saved before I moved out. I got my own place. I had my own car. You know, I paid all my bills. I was going to school. I had this whole thing, right? If you are not like within your passion or don't know like who you want to serve or what you want to do, do not go $150,000 in debt to go to school. I, I am pro school, right? We need doctors. We need, I'm not like a millennial that's like, no, don't go to school. Don't, don't go to school to get a communications degree. Don't do that. <laughs> like, don't do that anymore. You don't need to do that. Um, but to the generation, find what you're passionate about because, I mean, our life expectancy is a long time. You're probably going to work until you're 80 years old, so you better love what you're going to do, right? Just love what you do, and there is always money to be made, <coughs> especially when you're actually helping people. You know, like people are always – um, happier to help you back. So be passion driven. Don't take out a ton of money in debt. I don't know if that's because I'm such a millennial, but I'm like, please don't pay. Don't do that. Just, <laughs> just relax, breathe. You have so much time. And someone that I look up to that's a mentor, he kind of opened the eyes where if you want to do something that's passion driven and it doesn't work out, you can always go back and get an accounting degree at 30. You can always go back and do that. Right. If, if you don't want to do anything else and you can't fight, figure out what it is um, that you want to do or whatever else. And then another thing that I would love to talk about, like, touch on for Gen Z is, holy cow, you have to realize that social media is only what people want you to see. Mm-hmm. Like my, I, so right now I'm shopping for houses and I just, I look at my daughter and I think like you like more power to you. I wear hair extensions. Like I like, I like expensive stuff. Right. But you don't have to have lip injections at 15. Like you don't need hair extensions. You don't need your eyebrows microbladed at 12. Like you just, I see all this stuff and I like, I don't even know what my daughter's generation would be right. Like after Gen Z, anyone that's listening to that, like the perfect marriage, it's just a picture that someone was yelling at you to like sit still and smile right or I don't know there's all these things that come with social media and like the stigma around people having amazing lives like you don't know what was happening before and after that picture we we as moms know like that screaming like just smile for two minutes just smile freeze everyone stop okay and then take the picture and you guys are all cute and then you go back to like okay go do whatever you're doing right we at some point we've all done that like everyone needs to freeze everyone get together um it's just it's just one second of one moment and it doesn't show the rest of the day or the rest of the month or the rest of the week. Um, a lot of people on social media, they actually wear, like actually for me, for example, so I have a photo shoot on Saturday. I am going to five locations and I'm bringing seven outfits and I will not take any more pictures in my business for probably six months. <clears throat> so when you see me at the cute coffee shop, when you see me in this cute outfit, when you see me, whatever, that is not my life every single day. It was one Saturday that I planned out for three months, right? 
So I really love that message. I really wish people would stop being like, why does she have all these outfits? That I've been like putting together for four months, right? Like, this isn't my closet. This isn't my life every single day. So just be mindful of what you're looking at and just like, don't, don't get too sucked into the internet. Like be in, in your own moment too. Good advice. I mean, <laughs> not just for the Gen Z, but everybody. I, I mean, because we all grew up, you know, with movie stars and, and you know, the images that are impossible, um, impossible. to reach. Yeah. Um, and so one of the reasons I'm excited to be in the space I'm in is because um, through telling stories, people have to be a little bit raw and vulnerable when they dig deep inside themselves and say, this is, this is, this is my story. This is who I am and what I went through. And I'm not perfect. Um, I, I may look like I'm perfect because I try really, really hard to look perfect. And then I go home and I curl up in a ball and, you know, pull the covers over <laughs> because it's exhausting to try to be perfect. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not fun. And uh, I'm really glad that we're seeing a, kind of that, I'll call it a movement, but I think it's just a, a, a move towards um, understanding we aren't perfect and that it's okay to, to be vulnerable and it's okay to expose our scars and be who we are. And uh, so um, that's just a great space for me to be in right now. And I'm learning so much about people because of that. Yeah. Um, and I have learned so much about you today <laughs> you you're uh, you you're great um i want to give you a chance um to give any contact information you would like out there um so that if somebody would uh because you obviously know your stuff and you <laughs> sound pretty brilliant so make so let's go ahead and, and give the folks um your information of how to get in touch with you yeah, so unfortunately, my name is super hard to spell. It's N-Y, as in the second to last letter, C-K-I, at Fempire Marketing, F as in female, empiremarketing.com. Um, you can follow me on social media, any of those handles. Um, and I, I'm always glad to talk. Um, I offer free 45-minute consultation calls just for strategy if you need some ideas. Um, but maybe you're not ready to move forward or you're not sure if you're in the right place financially or any, you just need some quick day-to-day -day tips. Um, I'm always happy to do that for anybody who just wants to reach out. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Good, good. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, Nikki. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, I look forward to future conversations um, that we yeah. have and uh, help, helping to support each other, build each other up. And I'm um, really happy to have you in my Lemonade Legends circle. <laughs> and um, I appreciate everybody listening in. And uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of the day. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. And we will see you next time.